0: How is everybody? I'll put another plug in for ministry. Can we do that right now? Is that okay? Come on now. Y'all want to talk to me today? All right. Hey, don't forget uh, this evening. Paul, oh, I'm not cold. I'm a little warm. Don't forget this evening, uh, prayer time, uh, five o'clock and uh, be a house of prayer uh, we still need volunteers for the visitor center, okay? Uh, You've got a smiling face. God's given you a great face, you know, created you in his image. You know, smile. Go back here and greet people. Uh, we need volunteers. Um, children's ministry. Hey, we need children's ministry workers. You've been downstairs on a Wednesday or Sunday night? We need workers. Listen, four people to 60, that ratio, don't. that math don't work up. Okay. We need workers. We need help. Okay. Sound booth. We need workers. Um, bulletin's full. Uh, so celebrate recovery. Prayer time. So open this thing up. We, we keep forgetting uh, to do announcements for the last couple weeks. So thanks for the reminder. Joshua just figured we'd go ahead and get that out of the way. You guys awake? Amen. All right. Hey, I want to take a minute and... Uh, on behalf of my family, Paul's family, we want to um, uh, thank you guys for all the, the cards, the texts, the prayers, the gifts, um, just overwhelmed from love from the church. We, we thank you guys. Um, you know, it is a, a privilege and an honor each time. Um, we don't. Neither one of us have to be heard, don't need to be heard, but it is a privilege for both of us to um, speak before the church. So again, um, those things are not taken lightly or for granted. We, we thank you guys. But I'll tell you this morning, I'm nervous. I have not preached in several weeks, so I'm nervous, and it's going to be long, so hang in there, all right? So uh, if you haven't heard, Tuesday, Macy, don't give me that eye roll back here. I'm watching you. I got them parent eyes. If you haven't heard, Tuesday is election day. Y'all heard about that? Okay, so we're plugged into something. Tuesday is when we will elect a president. And I know most of us today are expecting me to give uh, a message about the election. But praise God, I'm not, because I've heard enough on news about the election. Ain't that good? The Lord, you know, give me something uh, the last couple of weeks. And I thought that I was intended to preach about the election. But see, there's a reminder in Scripture, it's called God's love. And he tells the church in Revelation that they have lost their focus of God's love. Church, I think we've lost the focus today. Amen? You know, don't worry. You know, I'm not going to be up here and and be a a Bible-thumper preacher that's just condemning you and beating the Bible. Hey, I'm telling you that I am guilty of this today that I've been guilty about uh, looking whether facts about Joe Biden or or President Trump, sometimes even some days more so than the Holy Word of God. Anyone else guilty? Amen. I believe that most of us probably anticipate more so on the presidential debates than we do anticipate and gather together with the assembly of worship. The one true God. The risen Lord and Savior. Hmm? I believe we probably prayed more about the election than we have the eternal status of the lost in this world today. Hmm? I believe we're more interested as a church in persuading believers to either to the left or to the right either to Republican or Democrat than we are preaching the gospel and going therefore and making disciples to the other ends of the earth anybody else guilty I'm guilty I am guilty so this morning I want us to turn back to the gospel of John a beautiful gospel of John in John chapter 15 John chapter 15. And and let me try to catch you up with a little bit of background. So, the past two chapters in John, we see that Jesus is in the upper room. He's instituting the Lord's Supper, okay? And he's revealed to one of the 12 that somebody's going to betray him. And then, you know, uh, Judas gets up and and leaves. And then we see that uh, he's still in the shadow of the cross. So he speaks such amazing and fitting words in chapter 15. In the first eight verses, he goes on to say that that he is the vine and we are the branches. That God is the gardener and he is the vine and we are the branches. So Jesus wants his disciples to know something very important. Abide in me. Abide in me in me he says abide in him he wanted them to know that you've the fruit you're going to produce fruit he wanted his disciples to know and be known by the fruit they produced so this is this is important Jesus knew that there would be uh, people that would try to do good. Honest people that would try to do the right thing. But He says, apart from Me, apart from the vine, you cannot. So He gives the illustration to be connected to the vine. To abide in the vine. So that you may bear fruit. Be known. Not by our efforts but by what Christ has done Isn't that a beautiful thing I'm thankful I don't have to be known by my efforts because I fail daily but thanks be to God he sent his son who finished the work on the cross for us amen so if you will y'all caught up we're going to begin in verse 9 through 17 y'all caught up All right, verse 9. Stand for the reading of the word, if you will. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love, these things I have spoken to you that... May joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Catch this verse. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends." For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have also made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, appointed you. You shall go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Be seated. Father God, we thank you for such a great day. Father, we thank you for uh, such a salvation. Father, I pray that uh, our eyes are open today, that we reflect to see if we are abiding in You. Father, just not even abiding in You if we are letting the love that we find in You go forth to others around us. Father, I pray for the lost today. If they do not know You, Father, I pray they come to know You as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they come to an everlasting love, an immeasurable love. Father, th- today is the day they taste and see your goodness and your mercy. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. So listen, until, the, until this point of Scripture, like we've only had Abraham on the scene that has been called a friend of God. But now we see that the, the, the close circle is kind of opening up. It's kind of widened. And uh, he's inviting his disciples in to be friends. And in doing so, he emphasized the importance of love. See, love becomes an absolute command for believers. An absolute command. The chief fruit of the Spirit, uh, you could say, is love. It's essentials. It's an essential component for all ministry. So St. Augustine said this. He, says, he said, what does love look like? What does love look like? It's the hands that help others. It's the feet. The feet that hasten to the poor and to the needy. It's the eyes that see the misery and the want, the need. It's ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of men and women. That's what love looks like. In John 13, 35, Jesus already said, you love one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Listen, he's trying to tell you love if you even look in the text that we just read, he says six or seven times, love. I don't know about you, but if he's telling me something over and over, you think it might be important. I remember one time my wife was going to a concert with some other other ladies. Donovan, she said, she kept telling me three or four times, you have a pizza. A pizza. A frozen pizza. You put it in the oven, but be sure you take the cardboard out from under the pizza. Listen, she told me four times I know and got so tired of hearing it. I repeated it back to her. I, OK, I got it. Well, guess what? I put the pizza, <laughs> the cardboard and everything in the oven. So needless to say, I understand the importance of why you take the cardboard out from under the pizza. So when Jesus is coming on the scene, guys, and he's telling you to love, not just once, but six times, seven times, this is important. The Savior of the world is telling us we need to listen. Listen. Love one another. Love one another. He knew that just as the disciples, we need this. Our world, our community around us need to hear love, love, love. In a changing world where there's instability. Insecurity has intruded every part of our being, our lives. Where jobs are on today and closed tomorrow where church houses are, are being shut because we don't understand how to do ministry anymore. Where there's election on Tuesday where people are turning uh, all different directions and trying to find hope. Where there's a storm raging around us. People are trying to find love. Trying to find Help. Church, this is our commission. Love God and love others. This is not negotiable. Non-negotiable. We need to cling to the love. Cling to the love of Christ. Because we are friends of Christ. Because we are branches abiding in the true vine. Therefore, we must bear fruit. That's, guys, that's not our option. We must bear fruit. So this morning, let's look at our text. I we give you uh, uh, three things about being a, a, a friend of Jesus. Friends of Jesus abide in his love. In verse 9 through 11. We'll look back in verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in me. And were my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that you may that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Listen, Jesus tells his disciples to abide in love. How, how, how do we abide in love? Jesus said that if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Love for Jesus uh, uh, results in obedience. And obedience produces a deeper relationship. He's taken you deeper. So the Father loves first. The Son reflects the love. And we as His children, as His people, remain in His love through obedience. Through obedience. So the Son wants us to enjoy the intimate kind of love. The intimate relationship that He enjoys with His Father. The relationship he has with his Father, he's coming, and that is the relationship we are to have. He's wanting us to, to, to be a part of that. And he chose us for joy. He cho- chose us. That man, that's the, one of the best parts about love. If we're abiding in him, it produces a joy. That your joy is full, it's complete. And then you ask, it begs the question, what is joy? Joy is the internal stability that you have no matter the external circumstances going on. It's the internal joy that cannot be robbed. Because you are abiding in Christ. That you have the knowledge of God is in control of all things. It's the assurance, the confidence of God's sovereignty. it's it's the result in the decision to praise him this means no matter what the covid numbers no matter what the election entails no matter what protests or riots no matter what financial problem no matter anything that the world throws at you, you can stand and praise God, because you know that whatever comes before you has been allowed and has went through His fingertips, and that I am chosen, I am called, I am protected. I am a son or daughter, and therefore, since He has called me, I can be joyful. Church, that's beautiful. He wants His disciples to experience the joy. The joy that that is found in obedience. The obedience. Completely obedient to the Father. And what He found. We should be men and women of joy. Man, this house is called the joy house. Joy place. We should be a people of joy. You know, you think about Kind of planets, you know, there's a, a, a planet called Mercury. Mercury is real close to the sun, so it's therefore hot. You know, now it's, it's called a moon. But when, when I think myself and others was in school, it was called a planet. It's called Pluto. Y'all familiar? Y'all with me? Well, Mercury, since it's so close to the sun, it's very hot. Okay? So It's hot. Pluto is a very long way off and it's very cold. So the further you get away, the colder things become. You know, I was out here yesterday handing some candy out to the community and the sun was out and I was like, man, it's a lot warmer than I thought it would be. But as soon as the sun went down, it got very cold. It started cooling off. So you, you might say that, hey, I'm not a Pluto Christian. Or I'm not a Mercury Christian. But listen, you live on an earth where things still get hot and cold. Hot and cold. Listen, God's looking for Mercury Christians. He's looking for hot Christians. He's looking for people who are on fire for Him. Amen? It's good news, guys. If you're abiding in Christ, remaining close to the Son, you will have joy. A joy that cannot be taken. You will have joy when you walk through the doors on Sunday morning. You'll have joy when you go to work, when you're driving in your car, when your feet hit the floor on your bedside. You will praise God because He has fulfilled everything you need. He is watching out, He has blessed you beyond measure. He has bled and died for you. You will have joy. You know that little song? Alicia, what is that little song that goes into children's? I got joy, 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 joy. Where? 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 Man, kids get it. You have it here because you're abiding in Him. Abiding in Him. Listen, when you're abiding in Him, He gives you a mind, a heart. It's a transplant, dead with old, up with the new. It's having a mind of Christ. Your heart desires, his desires. It's new, a joy. Number two, not only do friends of Jesus abide in his love, friends of Jesus obey his commands. Verse 12 through 14. Verse 12 through 14. It says, This is my command that you love one another as I love you. And greater love has no one than this, than you lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends, and if you do whatever I command you, no longer will I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. Remember, he's talking to believers in this passage. He, he, he's telling in verse 12 that we must, what? Love each other as he has loved us. You know what's sad? It's sad to see Christians in churches who tear down each other daily, who gossip about one another, who criticize one another. Listen, in Numbers, It shows a picture of Moses and his siblings and they were criticizing. And God takes him to the witch head. God's not in that. He's not in criticizing. He's he's not in tearing each other down. He says, love each other. He says, I want you to catch context though. Because first, it's abiding in Him. That means it, it is unity in Him first. I want you to see that. It's not unity here first. It's unity in Him first. And if it can't happen this way, it's definitely not going to happen this way. There's a there's a, a prioritized uh, method of that love the Lord thy God and then love others. You got to you got to have those in the right priority. OK, so here the spirit of God's not working in that. Listen, one can come and listen to the Bible. They can come to church. They can come and proclaim to be a Christian and still reject the commandment of love. they they can still reject the commandment of love. Listen, love has very high expectation. The Spirit of God is the only one who can produce this kind of love in us. You say, I don't get it. Love your enemies. He says that. We're going to get that in a minute. Love your enemies. Listen, we are sent, we are commissioned to go into the world to love one another. Listen, sometimes we as Christians act like that we're sent, we are have been created in this world to compete with one another. It's a competition. It's keeping up with the Joneses. Or to dispute with one another, to quarrel with each other, to gossip about each other. This is in a church house. You don't think you don't think this has happened? Scroll through Instagram, Facebook. See what people are snapping. Watch TikTok. Or, or better yet, take you a tour of the Tri Cities and go in all the church houses. It's happening. It's happening. Definitely not showing the love of Christ. If Christ was walked through the back doors, is this this what he intended the church to be? I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. We are to live in such a way that shows the light to a dark world. Not to come in and feel me. But to go. Be Matthew 28. Be Acts 1-8. Go. Listen, Jesus laid his life down for you. This is why this is such a, a dramatic, profound verse in the New Testament. Greater man has none than this, than that he that lay his life down for his friends. Man, Jesus was able to demand this because he did this. He modeled this. 1 John 3.16 says, By this love know, By this we know love, because why? Because He laid His life down for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Listen, I didn't make that up. 1 John 3.16 That's Scripture. So, Man, sometimes we get so busy figuring out what we should do to, to love God. How we should abide in Him. We forget the second part, to love each other. And in fact, a constant and genuine love for for one another, the world, is is in essence Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated His love for us. While we were sinners, Christ died. Man, He didn't pick apart that you had to come up here and look a certain way before you can embrace His love. No. He sees sin even. He, have, he didn't have a skewed view as we do. Love Him. I mean, this is, this is a simple command, but this is so hard to carry out. And when we, when we look at the, the Gospel, Jesus left many... Commands. But they can all be wrapped up and summarized. Love. Love. Has nothing to do with church size or doctrine or even worship. Love. 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 I'm, I'm telling you this day, you say, well, there is an election Tuesday. What's the world think about the church? What's our community think about the church? We have lost Focus. It's not about doing, it's about being. You don't believe me? There's a church in, in Revelation 2, man, he, he commended them for their works. But they didn't do what? They quit loving. And in the context of the verse, it shows two things. They forgot to love God and they wasn't loving others. Because if you have love this way, it are gotta go this way. Hmm? Listen, this is is a decision to compassionately, righteously, sacrificially seek the other's well-being. This is a daily sacrifice. It's not if I feel like it. No. Because you know what? As I quoted a while ago, you may not necessarily feel like it. Matthew 5.44 says, love your enemies. I don't feel like love my enemies, Sam. At all. It's a choice. It's a sacrifice. Emotions are good. God give us emotions. But emotions can't drive the train. They're to be connected to the train. You know where they sit? The caboose. The caboose. Maybe that's why we took the caboose off the trains, is we don't want to remind it where things have to go in life. There's an order. Love your enemies. May not feeling affectionate. Love them. And this is where we see agape love. Where we love when we have nothing to gain from helping someone. Love them. They slap you across the, tree, the cheek. Love them. Bless them. You might not even enjoy their company. Love them. They're my enemy. Love them. Love them. Feed the hungry. Give the thirsty a drink. Welcome the stranger. Visit the sick. Go visit the ones in prison. Love them. Listen, I, I believe that we, we have people who attend church, pray, read their Bible, and fulfill the command, uh, fail to, to go and make disciples. We don't. We stay in the, this box. Go make disciples. He says, you will be known by your love, by your fruits. He, he, he wanted us to be light. Light. In this darkness. Hope when all hope is gone. That when people encountered you, they'd be like, wow. Wow. What is that? What have I just come in contact with? The love of Christ. It's radical. Listen, can I say this? You should be known by the love of Christ before you're known as a Republican or Democrat. Better yet, you should be known as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, as a Jesus freak before your favorite sport team. Or your favorite food. If somebody asks the hobby, hey, I'm a a follower of Christ. Christ. You should be known. It's commanded. Church, it's time to wake up. We have forgotten the love. And therefore, if there is no love, if there is no Christ, there is no hope, and therefore there's another church, therefore we are dead. Look at John John 15, 14. It says, you are my what? Friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. The Christian life is about following God's instructions. And the instructions are very clear. Follow my commands. You'll bear fruit. Abide in me. Abide in me. Remain in me. Love God. Love others. It's very clear. He's your friend. Why? Because he died for us. It's, it's right there in the text. Then to lay one's life down for his friends. He's our friend. Why? Because he died for us. And now he's saying, love, love him, abide in him. You'll receive the Father's love, the same relationship that I have with the Father, and then therefore you will go and love others. Listen, it's a command. Point number three. Woo! Point number three. Jesus, friends of Jesus, love one another. Jesus talks about three relationships, three relationships. He talks about three relationships that he would have with people. The first one's found back in John chapter 10 in verse 12 and 13. It's called a a hireling. Okay, I I want you to to understand what this is. This is someone who is in a relationship to what? Get a paycheck. You get in the context? This is someone that's in a relationship to see, hey, what can I get out of it? What can I get out of it? And many people are oppressed when they come to the Lord as a result. They have that kind of spirit of a hireling. It's all about me. I am uh, not really committed to anything. I don't want to grow. I don't want to serve. I just need help for whatever I am going through. You understand? He says that, that's going, that there's people like that. They don't want to serve. They don't want to get roots. They don't want to join a... a, a, a we, call, we call them... Let me clarify here. We call them Sunday school groups aka also known uh, today as a a small group setting, okay, also known as community, also known as life on life, also known as the church, okay, so listen, we don't want anything a part of that. It's just we come in the back doors and expect to fill up all for self. He talks about it in John 10 in verse 12 through uh, 13. We're going to keep going for time's sake. The second's found in Mark, Chapter 10 and verse 43, this is where he, we're called servants. See, so servants move up from, hey, just seeing what we can get out of it to being a servant for the Lord, want, wanting, desiring to be a, a blessing for others, wanting to tell others about uh, Jesus, the hope they found, the love they've embraced. They want to connect to the Savior. They want to get into the Word. They want to be rooted They want to be planted. And then here we get the the number three right here. Listen, there's one more level that is even greater than a servant. John 15, 15 says this. He calls you a friend. Listen, and that's where when when you get in a friendship with God. I want you you to catch this. It's right in the text. I no longer call you servants. Look in, in verse 15. I no longer call you servants for a servant does not know. A servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Hmm. This is where uh, in this relationship, this is where you start hearing the voice of the Lord. He starts leading you. He starts guiding you. He begins to reveal the direction. He starts, uh, you, you start to, to seeking His will, His plans, His desires. This is where He starts to reveal to you because you are a child of Him. You are a friend of Him. He starts to show you the plans He has for you and your family and the church. In, in John 1, 1, it says What? In the Gospel of John, it, it, says, it refers to Jesus as the Word. Listen, the Word is a form of communication. He come in a form of communication to us. He wants to tell us. He come in human form to reveal God's plan. God's mind. To, to reveal God's mind clearly. To model that. To restore the relationship back to the Father. So that we will have a relationship with Him that restores the perfect relationship as we were created. Jesus is, is Lord over all of His disciples. I want you to understand, just because that they are friends or we are friends doesn't mean that, they are, that we are equals. By no means. It's not a democracy. He expects obedience. You understand? He's calling us to be friends. And friends of God. It's amazing to think that He has chosen us to be ambassadors. To entrust us with His Word. His commission. How special a seed is the Gospel. How valuable. Man, that's pretty intimate. That's trust. That's love. To go. And how dare us to come and feel and not go. Verse 16. I'm hurrying. Verse 16. Reminds us that we do not find God. He finds us. It's amazing as we, we see that. It, it, it's like this mentality. If you go back and, and you look at a, kind of like a King Arthur in that, that time period. Like a medieval time period. You know, they had knights. Okay, You know, a knight, armor, sword. You know, the movies will say they go get, kill dragons and all that. You, you a knight, you get the image. Alright? Okay, so it's like the, a, a knight didn't come for the rest of his life. Once he has been become a knight, he didn't come into the courts every day to fill and to feast. He said, no, my king, please give me a task so that I will go do your bidding, your will, so that I can glorify you, proclaim you, it's not coming in and feasting and becoming fat. No. No. Go. How may I please You? How may I fulfill Your commands? Sure, it's abiding. Sure, it's, it's coming boldly into the throne. To hear what He has to say. Sure, we, we ought to. How dare we if we neglect to come to the throne? He gives us such an access and gives us the keys to the throne room and not use it. So sure, abide in Him. Come to the throne. Feel and go. Feel and go feel somebody. You're commissioned. We're commissioned. Listen, this is, this is the, the fruits of the Spirit. He wants us to go out and bear fruit that will stand eternity that will spread the love of the Father. You just can't put a title, hey, I'm a Christian. Be a Christian. Be. is to bring others into the Kingdom. To build the Kingdom. Listen, this election is not eternal. COVID is not eternal. Amen? Amen? But the kingdom of God is. Yes, yes, yes. So go. And I, I want to say something. I want catch, to catch what I'm saying. Because I'm not saying be pragmatic here. I'm not saying to bring some, some band up here to attract people into the church house. No. But I am telling you that we should go attract people by the fruits of the Spirit. Huh? It, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We should. That's the attraction. Attraction is God. And that's the attributes of. If it's dwelling in here, go. They should know you by this. Not by what political camp you set in. Matthew 7 20 says, wherefore, by their fruits, they shall be known. And listen, at the end of the day, I want to be known by a child of God, not by a Democrat or Republican. I want to say that I ran my race with endurance, that I fought the fight, that I spread the seeds. Hmm. Church, what do you want to be known by? I want to be known by a friend of Jesus. Abiding in Him. Resting in Him. Hmm? Ooh. <laughs> you know, there's... As I look around to, at the church today, I'm, I'm saddened. I'm, I'm saddened by... The urgency to go and be the church. We've had marching orders that we're not marching to. I believe the, the world looks at the church today and it doesn't see much different than the world itself. Hmm. I think it sees a, a group of people that is producing a bunch of man made fruit, an effort. And that fruit goes away. It's not lasting. It's not e- eternal. We can't, guys, we've got to be careful. We can't divide God's, God's word or his, his love to fit my needs and my wants. God's love doesn't work that way. God loved us. He loves us. The good, the bad, the ugly, the successful the poor, the needy. He loves us. We are connected to an outstanding love. An immeasurable love. We're responsible to go and share the love. To reach others. To, to we, are, we are called to be there for one another. Support each other. Because... We are abiding in Him. Because we are abiding in Him. You know, I hear a lot of talk about unity. Unity is great. But I want you to see that it starts with abiding in Him. Abiding in Him. And when you are abiding in Him, then it goes this way. 1 John 3.10 says this. This is how we know that that who are children of God and who are the children of the devil. Mm. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Anyone who does not love their brother or sister is not what? A child of God. Listen, our lives have been changed by God's love. Changed should never be the same again. Radical. Transforming. Not stagnant. If He is the God of a consuming fire, then it should be all-consuming. We should not be able to contain ourselves to stay in this box. Community. The question is, is, are we... Willing to love others as He has loved us. Are we willing to go in spite of everything going on around us? Because we have a God that is unchangeable. Commandments are the same. So here's here's the invitation today. Here's the invitation. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my Jesus? If not, He says, He says that He come, He sent His Son, He says that He died for the whole world. In Romans, He says that all have sinned, the wages of sin is death. And He says, if you, if you will call upon His name. Hmm. I think some of us are sitting here today and we, and we we hear the knock. We hear the call. Are you going to respond? He says, come. Some of us are sitting here today that are Christians and realize that we are not abiding in the love and letting it transcend this way. That we're coming in as as one that is just wanting to fill ourselves. We've been neglecting the command and the commission to go to to be disciples Listen, guys, the problem with our country is not the lack of rules or regulations. The problem with the country is we don't have enough disciples going and spreading the gospel. The problem is that we don't have enough people being the church. They're doing church. Serious. We, we are guilty. We, we are guilty. We don't have enough people being, and if so, here's what we're doing, Paul. You know what we're doing? We're the church that's going to die today instead of being the church for tomorrow. We're the church that's going to die on this generation, and not the church that's ushering in a new generation. Here's the call, church. Will you come and abide? In me. Will you be an ambassador and take the gospel? Amen. Will you today surrender to the life of His Lordship? Amen. As you stand. Father God, it is so good to be in your house. It is so good for the reminder that we are to abide in your love daily. Father, it is so encouraging. Father, we have a love that is unmovable, unchangeable, a joy that can be uh, filled. Father, that you call us friends, not servants or, uh, or slaves, but friends. Father, I pray that the, the hearts and ears of the lost today will come and embrace you as our Lord and Savior. To understand this, this sinful condition that they are in. Father, that they are dying without you. Father, that their sin takes a payment, an atonement. And Father, you paid that as high priest and king today. Father, we love you. May we use these these earthly vessels for your kingdom, for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name.